besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. We're going to do a free golf lesson for you. Summer is here. You want to get back out on the course. You've been watching all these Instagram videos and your swing's gone to you know what. Brandon Rave is going to help you out. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. However you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, it's great to have your company. Uh, looking forward to spending the next hour with you. Uh, we're going to try and enjoy ourselves for the next hour. I've only got a couple of shows left for the year before we uh, have the Big Bash coming next week. Uh, heaps of live sport uh, on offer. So Sporting Capital, just one more episode tomorrow night. Um, so tonight, what I thought I'd do is I want to I leave you with a gift. My gift is I've stumbled across uh, a guy who's a, a two-time Coach of the Year award winner through the PGA. His name's Brandon Rave, played on the Asian Tour. Um, he coaches all around Melbourne at the moment. He's got academies over in Asia. Um, this guy is uh, fantastic at, at what he does. That's why he wins these awards. So what I thought I'd do, you, we've been in lockdown, especially in Melbourne. Uh, if you're listening in, in Sydney, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and at various stages around the country, you've you've maybe had to endure a lockdown or two. But certainly in Melbourne, just haven't been able to play golf up until now uh, for the most part of this year and the last part of last year. You've probably been sitting there like I have, watching all these Instagram videos going, oh, that's what I should do differently. Well, you get back out on the course and realise that none of it's helped. And you're even worse now than you were before. So what I thought I'd do, if you text in 0433981116, Brandon's going to join us on the phone. He couldn't make the studio tonight. But if you've got a question for Brandon to help you out with any facet of your game, send it through 0433981116. You can call it through and Willem will take down your question and we'll put it to Brandon when he joins me in 10 minutes' time. So we're essentially going to get a free golf lesson from an award-winning golf coach. He's going to come on in 15 minutes' time we're going to have a chat, he and I, about the, the things to look out for if you're just getting back out on to a course, things you can focus on, exercises you can do at home. But if you've got a specific thing that you'd like him to help you with, 0433 98 11 16. So I'm looking forward to that. Brandon Ravo to join us in about 10 to 15 minutes' time. The other thing I thought we'd do tonight is, like all footy fans, we hope. We have hope for what next year might bring. And given that it is uh, December and Christmas is the biggest event, apart from the Boxing Day test, that occurs in this month. And as a kid, you'd sit down with your pen and your paper and you'd write a letter to Santa and give Santa your Christmas wish list. So I've put my mind to this on behalf of the 18 AFL clubs and asked the question, 
to myself, if I was that club, what would I be asking Santa for for Christmas? So I'd love you to get involved in this as well. one 736 736 Your Christmas wish list for your team. Dear Santa, for Christmas, I would like. It's as easy as that. We did it last year, had a lot of fun with it. We're going to do it again this year, your Christmas wish list. So I'll get the ball rolling, and we need probably a bit of, bit of mood music to do it. Here we go. It's a long intro, isn't it? Santa Claus coming to town. It's a really long intro. I should have probably checked this beforehand. All right, so there we go. We've got a little bit of... Uh, there we go. So let's start with Adelaide. Dear Santa, please let Jordan Dawson be half as good as you'd think he was by the amount of media attention and drawn-out wrangling that the trade period conjured up to have us thinking that he might be the greatest player of all time. Please let him be just half of that. And if he, if we can just stay off the front page for one effing year, I'd really appreciate it. Love, Adelaide. Brisbane Lions. Dear Santa, in the words of Ferris Bueller, let my Cameron go. Cam Rayner to come back, and whilst he doesn't have to be the player we know that he can be this year coming, we will settle for a stringer-type season. And, if it's not too much trouble, a home final win as well, if that's okay. Thanks, Santa. Carlton. Now, I think Carlton's going to be like that kid at the, uh, at the, at the shopping centre that doesn't get off Santa's knee and has a list as mile, a mile long, and the elf has to come up and say, right, that's enough. You've taken up too much Santa's time, and there is a big queue. Dear Santa, please don't let Luke Sayers say anything else about us making finals, and if it's not too much trouble... Can all the players we have recruited on too much money please just pay, play close enough to the standard you'd expect for that money so we stop copying you know what about it? We have many other things on our list, including learning how to play defence and that Charlie Curnow plays a full year so that Harry Mackay doesn't have to kick a third of our goals. But if Paddy Cripps could please be great again, that would just be super. Thanks, Santa. We know it's a big list, <laughs> but the closest you can come to getting as many of these right, that would be great. Uh, Collingwood, dear Santa, for Christmas, can we please get a not guilty verdict? <laughs> and if it is guilty, then please give us the courage to make the right decision that sends the right message about who we want to be as a club and what we stand for. Also, given that Bucks is going to be in the media every week, looking intently at what we do, can Craig McRae's game plan please not be as boring as his? Oh, and P.S., a president too, please. Essendon. Dear Santa, the counts currently sits at 6,297 days and can we please only add another 284 days to that until we can blow up the day since Essendon won a grand final, a day since Essendon won a final Twitter page, hunt down the person who made it and, well, you get the idea. Oh, and if you could convince Alex Rance to come out of retirement, we'll leave a list spot open for him. Thanks, Santa. Dear Santa, this is Fremantle. Any danger of being relatively injury-free next year? We've really copped it in the you-know-what the last couple of years. And while our young midfielders are still a couple of years away from being dominant, please give Nat Fife a better back until they are up to speed. Thanks, Santa. Have a good Christmas. Signed, Fremantle. Uh, Dear Santa, this is the Geelong Footy Club. For Christmas... Please make sure that the old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, doesn't apply to cats. 
We desperately need a new game plan, one that wins finals. Thank you, Santa. The Gold Coast Suns. Dear Santa, please let Clarko say yes because we hear that another club might be coming hard for him. And if you could please find a good job for Stewie Jew, that'd be great. He's a good egg and deserves a good job. Also, if you could make sure that Hugh Greenwood doesn't make us look as foolish as Jared Lyons has done, that would be great also. Oh, and one last thing. Please keep every other club's grubby hands off our talent. We are sick of them being poached. Thank you, Santa. Have a good Christmas, the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, The Giants. Dear Santa, please make sure that you never have to add Toby Green to the naughty list ever again. He doesn't have to be nice, but we don't want, and we don't want him to play nice. But FFS, we also don't want him going out of his way to be naughty little so-and-so just because he thinks the rules of the game shouldn't apply to him. Thank you, Santa. Please grant him the wisdom to find a better way. Uh, that's so. That's the uh, Merry Christmas. That's the uh, shop. The Christmas list for. That's the Christmas list for Hawthorne. Uh, that's the Christmas list for the Giants. I'll get to my Hawthorne one in a minute. But Paul from Camberwell's been waiting patiently to give his. Paul, your dear Santa Christmas wish list for Hawthorne. Christmas list for the Giants. I'll get to my oh, hello. How are you? Good, mate. What's your What's your dear Santa list for the Hawks? Uh, this is. I I don't want to be uh, critical. Too much, but dear Santa, could we please get rid of Jeff Kennett out of the Hawthorne <laughs> Football Club finally after all this time? Uh, Pauline Campbell, nicely done. It leads me right into this one that I've written on behalf of the Hawthorne Footy Club. Dear Santa, please make Jeff's exit as pain-free and damage-free as possible. If you have to, we're more than happy for him to lose his power of speech until he's gone, or at the very least, lose his email login so he can't send any more emails to members. Of course, we're very grateful for all he's done except the whole Clarko thing and now being over a million in the hole for our soft cap. But that's enough now, please. Also, please stop us from continuing to try to tell people that paying out almost a meal to Clarko plus fines and Sam Mitchell's pay rise is totally fine and doesn't affect our footy department or bottom line. We really don't want to keep P1 double fiving on everyone's back and telling them it's raining. Uh, So that's Dear Santa for Hawthorne. Now, Melbourne, Dear Santa, please let us be Richmond and not West Coast, if you know what I mean. If we can't, just don't let it be another 57 years. Also, if you could make sure that the bathwater drinking over the summer is kept to a minimum, that would be just great. That would be just super. Richmond have already taken humble and hungry. We'll let you decide if they're really living that, but we do need something along those lines. Yours sincerely, the Melbourne Footy Club. This is our Christmas wish lists on behalf of our footy clubs to Santa. Port Adelaide. No, North Melbourne. North Melbourne. Dear Santa, we've never had a number one draft pick, so please let him be more like Luke Hodge than say, well, you know who we mean. Also, we really don't want to keep getting reminded about taking Will Phillips before Logan McDonald. He's a great kid and will be a good player. So if you could just look after us on this one and not tambling Fiora and Billings him, we would really, really appreciate it. Yours sincerely, North Melbourne. Port Adelaide, dear Santa, please provide us a mirror to hold up all pre-season because after that prelim, we really needed to take a good, hard look at ourselves and hopefully it lights quite the substantial fire under our you-know-whats. And if you've got time, a consistent performer in the midfield, not named Boke or Wines, we don't give a who we, which of Butters, Dersmer or Rosie it is as long as it's someone. See, that rhymed. It could work from Port Adelaide, getting into the Christmas spirit. Uh, Richmond's dear Santa list. Dear Santa, 
please can we keep having people say our dynasty is over? We're happy for people to wrongly think we're a spent force. And if it's not too much trouble, can Dusty please have a 2017 year as soon as he puts on a bit of beef again? Also, given that we lost two young key forwards we've been developing, if you could see your way to making sure Jack and Tom have very good years, we would greatly appreciate it. We know it wasn't really the stand rule that meant Tom had a down year. We're sorry for telling Porky Pies. We will make sure our inside 50s and tackles inside 50s go back to premiership year quotas if you can look after us with our key forwards. Also, if you can do what we promise... Also, please help us do what we promised and actually live up to our hungry and humble mantra. We're happy to play anywhere next year, we promise. Signed, the Richmond Footy Club. St Kilda, dear Santa, please let everyone be Jack Steele. If not in ability, then just in commitment and contest and heart. We don't want to point fingers, but we're not 100% certain that everyone is as all in as he is. Yours sincerely, St Kilda Football Club. Sydney, dear Santa, Please let Isaac Heaney be this year's Christian Petrarca. And when it comes to Buddy, as they say in politics, one more year, one more year, and make it a really, really good one. The West Coast Eagles, dear Santa, please help us figure out what the happened. We won a premiership four years ago and we've been putrid ever since. Please help the players get over whatever it is Adam Simpson has done to upset them so much that they refuse to even lay a tackle. We don't know if this is the reason that happened, but as we said, we have no effing idea what's gone wrong. Yours sincerely, the West Coast Eagles. And finally, the Western Bulldogs. Dear Santa, please can we have Melbourne in round one because we'd really like to free them from all desire of ever playing that song or our theme song in celebration ever again. Oh, and we're a little bit worried that we're in danger of being like Essendon of the 90s and early, late 90s and early 2000s and being a one-hit wonder. So please keep that in mind when it comes to you deciding our success next year. We've got everything we need to win another flag except that flag itself. Yours sincerely, the Western Bulldogs. And the AFL, they've written a Dear Santa list as well. Dear Santa, Thursday night footy every week. Just because the broadcasters haven't technically paid for it isn't an excuse not to do for it. Oh, and please help us pull our finger out on Tassie. There we go. That's our Christmas wish lists. Well, that's my Christmas wish list on behalf of all the 18 AFL clubs with Christmas just around the corner. If you've got one you'd like to throw up, one 736 736 433 Christmas wish list for your footy club this year or next year, rather. Hey, coming up next, Brandon Rave, award-winning golf coach, is going to answer any question you've got any problem you're having with your game, he's going to be on the phone. He's going to answer any query you've got. It's a free golf lesson, so take advantage of it. 0433981116 is the text line. You can call in, give your question to Willem. He will take it down and make sure that I ask it uh, to Brandon Rave, who's going to join me next, the Sporting Capital, SEN. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, keep your footy club Christmas wish lists coming in. Dear Santa, there's a lot coming through off the text. 0433 You can call it through. one 736 736 While I've got your attention, 
I said I wanted to impart you. I've got one show left this year after tonight, uh, and I wanted to leave you with a little something. And I came up with the idea that if you're a, a, a hacker out on the golf course like me, or maybe you're even you're a scratch golfer, it doesn't really matter, but you might have been suffering the effects of not being able to play golf for pretty much the last two years. We're now back out and about on the wonderful courses in and around wherever it is that you might be living, um, and you might have found yourself like I did, where you spent lockdown watching a heap of instructional uh, things on Instagram, going out and trying to execute it all in one go and realising you're now actually worse than you've ever been. That was what happened to me. I was able to, by fluke, find uh, a guy by the name of Brandon Rave, who is a two-time nominee for the PGA Game Development Coach of the Year Award. He played professionally uh, in the Asia Tour. He's played on the Australasian Tour as well. And now he's one of the most highly regarded coaches in the game. He's set up golf academies all throughout Asia, and he coaches all around Melbourne. Uh, So I thought, why not get him on to have a chat to us, to answer any of your queries, your concerns, any of the issues that you're currently having with your golf game, he's here to put your mind at ease, to help you with your problems. Uh, so text him in 0433981116. He's been good enough to jump on the phone. We're going to try and do this next year as well. We thought we'd get the ball rolling as we head into Christmas and people getting on holidays. Brandon Rave, hello, mate. Hello, Sammy. How are you, bud? Uh, I'm really well. So, as I said, you you and I have had three lessons together and it's been fantastic. Um, it has been a joy. <laughs> that's very nice of you to say. Uh, the, and one of the things that I said to you was that I, I feel like I'm worse now because of all the stuff I'd been watching than I was before I went into lockdown. It's not because I hadn't been playing. It's because I thought that I was fixing all these things that were wrong with my game, but I didn't actually really know what was wrong with my game. How common that's is right. that at the moment for the people that you're giving lessons to? So extremely common, hopefully not to my students in particular, because we can certainly get some scope for them individually. Um, And I I use a lot of analogies with you, Sammy, how other sports, you think about cricket, how you've got to understand your game in order to score, you know. Um, So uh, with instructional stuff in this day and age, it's it's very available, isn't it? Instagram's on, you can see all sorts of tips. Um, What differentiates the pro from let's say the amateur with you know a lot of conflicting messages is the pro understands their game very well they understand their strengths their weaknesses what they can and can't do and there's a clear plan when they go to the range that they know what to work on and how to you know how to assess what they are working on and that's that's the um that's probably the biggest message there there's a lot of conflicting messages out there and um yeah the better player understands their game very well so when when we're coming out of lockdown, and I've got a couple of texts here that I want to give to you because we I did promise free golf tips, and you've been kind <laughs> enough to give up your time yeah. to do so. I'm, but, a, I'm in between lessons right now at MGA, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we if people want to find you, they can go to your website or go to your Instagram page right. as well, Brandon yeah. Rabe uh, Golf. Instagram. Yep, that's the one. So what's the what's the first thing that you'd be saying, the first bit of advice that you'd be giving to anyone who's getting back out on the course for the first time in what might just be two years? What's the first thing that they should be making sure that they do? Look, you just there are things, you know, if we go back to, say, like a textbook, you know, things like solid fundamentals. We, the first thing we look at is the grip, um, the stance, and your alignment. So when you're lining up um, and you get a video of yourself from behind, just making sure your your shoulders are square, your hips are square, and your feet are square. Um, that's that's very generic, to be fair. 
um, that can that can obviously all go south, much like a cricket. They can set up very well, and they've got issues with whatever it is they're working on, right? So, but from a purely generic standpoint, let's say we have beginners clinics, for example, we would say a conventional grip, a conventional stance, uh, and making sure the club base is in pretty decent positions all throughout the swing, and, and you really set yourself up well versus someone who maybe aims 30 metres right, they're going to learn to make compensations naturally. So the more we can mitigate these little things, the easier, the less compensations you have to make, generally speaking. And this is what I found about your lessons is that I was trying to fix problems that I didn't even know what the origins yeah. of were. And that's correct, one of the great correct. things that you do with breaking down. You've got your, your video applications where you, you video from each angle of the swing and then you deconstruct it one piece at a time. And that's the, right, the yeah. way that you were able to keep it so basic to me was, was what I really warmed to. And I think what anyone listening will as well. So... Talk us through what you do from the first time that you sit down with someone and have that very, very first lesson. Yeah, so it kind of depends on their goals. So if someone says to me, look, I'm a, um, I'm a complete beginner and I've got a corporate day tomorrow, believe it or not, happens quite a lot. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel for them. I'll just get them to really stabilise their body and just find, find the middle of the face more often than not. Um, if someone were to say to me, you know what, I'm, I'm a 20 marker, I want to get down to 10 in a, in a six-month period, we'll go, great. We pretty much do like some mobility tests to find out you know, their range of movement um, in their upper body, their hip mobility. And more often than not, I'd get them, get them on my track, man, um, figure out their club head speed. And, and there's sort of priority one issues, which may be space or the club path or whatever, whatever it might be. And that sets the template for their, you know, their, their, their lesson structure or their lesson plan going forward. Um, so it kind of depends a little bit on what the person's, I won't say willing to invest, but what their goals are, how much they can practice. Uh, but for the average Joe who can't practice a great deal, you really want to make it sort of simple and give them sort of drills they can do in a mirror at home. Um, if someone was willing to practice a lot more, like they're sort of, you know, the range wraps out there three times a week, then we can really break down things very small because you know they have time to actually apply it. Um, we also need to ascertain how, you know, when the next time someone's going to play a round of golf. <laughs> Some of you are like, yep, yeah, I'm getting a couple of lessons and I'm playing Cathedral Lodge in a couple of weeks. I was like, Jesus, mate, like, you're killing me. I've got nothing to work with. But that's the reality of, of social golfers, right? They still want to play. So, you, it, yeah, I can't really give you a clear-cut answer and giving you a, you know, a definitive answer, but... More often than not, you would do some mobility tests, get some initial videos and some TrackMan data, and that really sets the scope for whatever it is that they're after. So, so when it came to me, you just said, just start hitting some balls, and you videoed me from two yep. different angles, and, and yep. then you automatically identified that, because I played cricket as a kid, I essentially played yep. cover drives. So you, Into the first the thing cover. you did was fix up how I drew the club back uh, and, and right. my grip, and then that made an Correct. automatic difference to me straight away and meant that That's once right. that I kept practicing that, then we can work on those other things to improve. Right. But the very, very basic thing of how I hold the club and how I draw the club back. And from then Correct. on, it just, it was, you know, that Aladdin song, a whole new world. So I just thought that you identified that <laughs> within not. about a minute of us doing, right. a, doing a lesson together, which was brilliant. Um, 
I've got a couple of texts here that have come through. I know that you can't see these people and what they're doing, but see if you can in your best, uh, to your best of your ability, try and help sure. a couple of these guys out with some of their issues. So this is from Lockie. He says, uh, G'day, Brandon. Why my whole life have I hit a big fade slice off the tee with my driver? I came back after a year off golf. It has changed into a duck hook or at least a draw. I believe it's something to do with my wrist rolling over subconsciously nervous that I'll hit my original slice. That's from Lockie. Yep. Okay. So once again, from a purely generic standpoint there, Lock, um, but ultimately when the ball fades left to right, um, assuming you're a right-handed golfer, a left-to-right shape. Um, the, the path of the golf club is moving left, and the face will be open to that line, creating a left-to-right spin. Now, this could be purely psychological. It could be a, a physiological thing with your body. Um, if you're starting to snap hook at left, um, that, that's, that's quite a dramatic change, to be fair. Um, but it could purely be the way your body is moving. So... When, when people sort of hit big slices, their upper body comes really over the top of the ball and they've got to sort of stall, we call it. They back out of it. And so you might be having some low point issues where the club is sort of hitting the ground early and then that kind of creates the, the heel to dig and you flip it over from there. So, so for me, I'd be looking to a mirror there, Locke, and just trying to make sure um, that your hips sort of initiate the downswing sort of laterally and then... Just very sequ- uh, sequential movements from there. If you were to picture a, a baseballer hitting a shot from the front on, you'll see their hips sort of jut out forward and, and the upper body's second and the arms are last. So if you think about that sequence there, um, that should help you sort of get your sequence better from the ground up there, mate. hope that helps a little bit. That's very, very weird to see. That's a quite a huge change there. Big slice to snap hooks there, mate. Oh, well, like that's, a coach's dream, to be fair. Brandon, that's someone who should absolutely be getting in touch with you via your website or by Brandon Rave Please. Golf and Instagram. Uh, you'll be able to diagnose that uh, within the first couple of minutes of seeing him. This Absolutely. Is, this is another one from Colin, who I think you must know. He said, Brandon, can you please give me your best bunker tip? That's from Cole at Heritage. When are you coming back, he says. Oh, Cole, yeah, there's a few Collins there. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, the Heritage has gone through um, a few changes in the last few years. I, I won't get into it today, but uh, we sort of left on um, the pretty average terms, as uh, I'm pretty sure the whole golfing fraternity knows. Uh, with a few of their previous pros. Um, but look... So where can they find you now? Else, yeah, well, they can find me at Melbourne Golf Academy in Moorabbin. Um, just go to the Melbourne Golf Academy website. You'll find me there and you can book online. And or my website, brandonradygolf.com. Um, just Google it. Um, Cole, bunkers, what I see, nine times out of ten, um, amateur golfers don't have enough loft. Um, not necessarily the club selection, but... If you choose a 56-degree wedge per se, you've got to open that face up a lot more. Um, having that open face, I call it, it's insurance. So having the open face gives the player um, some intention to create some serious speed. If you were to set up with not enough loft, you're probably not going to get out of the bunker anyway because you know, it's going to hit the lip. So indirectly, I see the player sort of fall back and sort of scoop the ball. Um, that causes all sorts of low-point issues again. You're going to hit it fat, hit it thin. So wait forward, open the face as much as you can and and just don't be afraid to actually commit and go quite hard. As I said, the face is the insurance. You can generate speed and that speed and the loft's going to create the spin to get out of, get out of the bunker. So open that face, team. Beautifully done. Uh, what about this? How do I fix a bad snap 
hook. Now, that's a tough one because you, you can't see the, the person asking. That's but right. is there something that's, that's right. pretty common uh, with, a, with that causes a snap hook? Yeah, so look, if you were to, were to envision someone who's snap hooking it, their body weight's kind of falling back and the hands get disconnected from the body and you know, I guess that right hand really takes over. Um, think a very onside dominant player in cricket, very, very whippy with that right hand. Um, no one actually intentionally falls back. Falling back is a consequence move or a byproduct move. So um, just sort of guessing here, but you've just got to feel like the transition of weight is, is well, the sequence is correct once again, a bit like locking at the start. Um, from the top of the swing, we've got to feel like we're, we're shifting our energy left into our left foot, assuming you're a right, right footer, uh, sorry, a right hander. So energy is going down to our left foot. And then we're sort of working around around our left hip. So what I would say to you, generally speaking, if you're snap hooking it, try and feel like your hands are working close to your body, or I guess your hands and your body are working in unison through the ball um, to avoid that disconnection. So effectively, your arms are getting away from your body through the ball, um, and that, that increases the club base rotation. So nice tight little circle. A, a good player to watch for that would be like a, like a Bryson DeChambeau hitting a short iron. So here's where um, YouTube, I guess, from the coaching fraternity, can have a negative, you know, negative connotations on all this conflicting research. But I actually prescribe a lot of videos to my students because I actually know what they should be looking at. Um, so you, you'll see I gave a reference there of, say, Bryson DeChambeau hitting a short iron. He's someone who has some very good connection with his arms and body and chest through the ball. So that will be a good model for, for your good self there to, to watch in this instance. I say in this instance because it may not be the may not may not be right for someone else. Uh, speaking to Brandon Rave, uh, check out his Instagram. Uh, two-time nominee uh, for the PGA Development Coach uh, of the Year last year and this year. I've had the pleasure of having a few lessons with him. It's totally changed uh, everything about the way uh, in which I swing at a golf ball now. And um, whilst a couple of people that play with me at Cathedral uh, would beg to differ it has had a big improvement <laughs> i just had a bad day but the the second day much better i was much better the second day and it was because i was able to remind myself of doing those things that you those basic steps that you had put me through to make sure that i wasn't um committing the same mistakes shot after shot after shot so um for, for those who are just getting back out there too and i'd imagine that the other thing that that, that is a major issue that you would see a lot brandon is people that try to hit the cover off the ball, like the people who are trying mm-hmm. to overhit. I was lucky enough to, to be covering um, the, the last two tournaments in the New South Wales Regional Open Series. So the Murray yeah. Open where Matt Miller, who can't, he, by his own admission, can't hit the ball out of sight um, on a dark yeah. night. Great he, golfer. Great, great golfer. golfer. He wins that. He beat all the big young hitters. And yeah. then Grace yeah. Kim, who was the only woman playing in the field at the um, at the uh, at the Western Open in Dubbo, she came second mm-hmm. in that field in her first pro event, um, yeah, in her first event result. as a pro in Australia. And she did it because she was just laser accurate with approach irons and yeah. putter. So you don't have to hit the cover off the ball. But what effect does it have when you try to overhit? Look, to, to be fair, it's a pretty telling stat on the the guys who, well, I can speak, I can attest for the guys, the guys who hit it quite long, there's a correlation between length and, and success, to be fair. But for the regular Joe, who has not a great grasp of their, of, of the face or what their body's doing, just simmer down a little bit. And how I'd sort of define 
oh well look what we're trying to do as coaches is make is is optimize the player's ball flight now optimize and hit the cover off are two different things what we're trying to do is more often not try to hit the middle of the face if we get the face in a good position at impact you know we make the, the spin of the ball optimize um, you're going to get the most out of your swing most pros will tell you that they swing at about 75% of their max, which is a good lesson for the amateur out there. Um, but when you're working with a coach, ideally myself, um, yeah, we're, we're going to work in conjunction with a track man and, and optimise your numbers. So, for example, if, if Joe Blogg swings it at 102 miles an hour, then, then there'll be a, a particular spin rate that his driver needs to be at to get the most out of it. Um, and then that, that that works in conjunction with getting fitted correctly and how he hits up on the ball and everything. So there's a lot of dynamics or parameters we use as coaches to optimise a player's swing. But more often than not, um, to get the most out of it, you just need to swing it well and efficiently. And that then creates a, a predictable outcome on the golf course. If it means that your best shot goes 250, but you hit three fairways out of 14, but you, at 230 metres you hit... 10 fairways, that could be quite a big differential in your score. So just, as I said, working down, working with a coach on a holistic level and figuring out these things, um, you know, the more efficient you get with your swing, the more club head speed you're probably going to generate anyway. So it does come back to a technical standpoint, doesn't it? Hey, Brandon, uh, we could keep going for hours, but I know you've got another lesson coming yeah, up, we, mate. We Thank you so could. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that the, the people who have sent through some questions would greatly appreciate the advice that you've given, and we'll, we'll do it all again uh, in the new year, mate. Uh, thank you so much. My pleasure, Sammy. Um, good luck to all the listeners and happy golfing in the summer. Beautifully done. Brandon Rave, check him out. Uh, his website is also too uh, on his Instagram. So the, the beautiful thing about Brandon's Instagram as opposed to a lot of others is that he gives you the drills to make sure that you're actually doing the basics right rather than just say, hit the ball like this uh, and then you'll be fine. He goes, re- resets you and recorrects you and then provides the drills that you need to make sure that you get that consistency in you constantly doing the right thing rather than just trying to uh, fix what you can't even diagnose. So uh, it's well worth checking him out at Brandon Rave Golf. Uh, and he's got his website details on there on Instagram. But if you don't have Instagram, BrandonRaveGolf.com. I've had three lessons with him. He's fantastic. And as you can tell, a ripping bloke uh, as well. Um, 0433-98-1116, There's some great texts that have been coming through about your Dear Santa wish lists for your footy club. Keep them coming through. I've given mine. We'll put it up uh, individually on the podcast as well if you'd like to hear mine. My Christmas carols that I was trying to play at the same time didn't quite work out, but I think you got the gist of it. So if you've got a, a Dear Santa wish list for your footy club for next season... Give us a call, 1-300-736-736 or 0433-98-1116 off the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, thank you for all the kind texts coming through. A lot of love for Brandon Rave. Make sure you check out uh, his Instagram page. He's a fantastic golf coach. If you're looking for lessons or just who's right to follow on Instagram, there's so much uh, golf lesson content out there. You've got to make sure 
you're not doing yourself more harm than good. And he's certainly someone that will help you do more good for your game. Uh, Brandon Rave Golf on Instagram. His website's up there as well. Your Christmas wish lists for your team, your dear Santas, one 736 736 I've given mine and I'd love you to give yours. Muzza in Geelong. Hello, old mate. Dear Santa, I hope you could give the Blues so we could play more consistent next year and win more games. And the present that would put it on the icing is to give us Patrick Cribbs' brother. And before you hang up, Sam that does the Bricky show the other week played golf. And you know what his handicap was? Well, I was there. And, uh, oh, 54. Yes, they gave him 54. <laughs> he came second. He, do you know what he did? This, and this is Muzza. This is a great example of what I was saying before about under promise over deliver. Sam had been very pointed in telling everyone, Oh, I haven't played in such a long time. I don't even know how to swing a golf club. Oh, geez, I'll be the worst out there. So he gets that handicap of 54. He ends up coming second. So he did it brilliantly. He absolutely conned us all, did Sam Edmund. Because he was um, – King, he's been hanging on him for the last two weeks every morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, they're doing a very good job. Hey, Muzza, uh, lovely to hear you, mate, and uh, if I don't get to speak to you again, have a great Christmas. Yeah, you too, and thank you for everything during the year. And um, I hope your panellist that's not with us at the minute is getting well with, with whatever's wrong with him. No, I appreciate that, Mazza. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Ho, ho, ho. There you go. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Josh Cripps is being asked to train with Carlton. 199-centimetre ruck forward. Uh, he's going to train over summer. So they've got, uh, I think they've got one or two rookie list spots left that they can use. Carlton, not 100% sure. They've definitely got the one. He kicked 16 goals in 12 games for the East Frio Colts. He averaged 15.6 disposal. He said he'd spoken to Carlton before the draft. Uh, as well. So he's a really interesting prospect. Paddy Cripps is the other one. I I mentioned him in my Christmas wish list. Um, I was listening to Colin Cowherd the other day say something about how do you coach players who can do everything, um, but just try and get them to focus on the one thing that it is that you need them to do. Paddy Cripps for the first time in his career came under fire this year for maybe trying to do too much and maybe not being as consistent as he had been. Had some injuries that we know, the back and everything like that. It was a contract year, and he rightfully got looked after by the Blues because he's carried the midfield load uh, since his second year when he was number one for contested possessions and clearances, which he shouldn't have had to be as a second-year player. So uh, they did owe him. But I can't wait to see what happens to him being coached by Michael Voss. I, I reckon, and I'm just hypothesizing here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Voss sat down with him and said, mate, don't worry about trying to do what the Bont does. Don't worry about trying to do what Dusty does. Don't worry about trying to do what else anyone does. There's a couple of things that you are better at than anyone else in the league. Let's just stick to those. You be all, I'll have you all Australian again, but let's just make, remind everyone that you're the best inside player in the competition. Don't worry about the outside. I just need you to focus on the inside and see that young Sammy Walsh there. He'll be the hard runner on your other side. And I'll get the other guys running hard for you on the other side. Let's just get back you back to doing what you do better than anybody. And that's winning the footy. Centre clearances, contested ball, that's what I need from you. Nothing else. Might chuck you forward if I do. Please don't get in the way of Harry Mackay like he did a couple of times this year. Let him and Charlie Kerno go about it. We'll just find a spot for you to have a rest. Don't worry about what anyone else is saying about what you should and shouldn't be doing. Just worry about what I want you to do. And that is do what you do better than anybody else in the competition. Center clearance, contested ball, happy, happy days. Because the problem is that when 
you start to try to do everything, people then say, well, why aren't you doing these other things? So this is the first time in his career that Paddy Cripps cop criticism. Then people started to say when he's trying to, you know, tuck the ball under the arm and play key forward when he went forward and, you know, trying to run and carry and things like that. And then they're asking, well, hang on, why isn't he, um, why isn't he defending? Where's his man? Why, why isn't he tackling? What's his tackle numbers? That's what happens when you try and do everything. People then say, well, why aren't you? But if he just goes back to doing, and, and not my place to tell anyone, I'm just thinking what Michael Voss might say to him. Just all I need from you is to do what you do better than anybody. That'd be the other Christmas wish list, I reckon. I, I, he would be one of my must-watch players for next year, Paddy Cripps. I can't wait to see what impact Michael Voss has on him and for his career. His body's taken an absolute beating, and it should never have happened. He should never have been put in the situation where he had to carry the can in the middle uh, from the second from his second year at the club, and that was when they still had Juddy. He was number one for contested ball and clearance. Can't wait to see how he goes about it next year and what Michael Voss can do for his game. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I've got your dear Santa text that I'll finish up with on the other side of this, but you can still call in before we get to uh, the driver's seat, which is up uh, at eight o'clock tonight. Sporting Capital. Uh, thank you for taking the time to write up your Dear Santa Christmas wish list for your footy team. Uh, here's a couple that have come through off the text. Michael, uh, this is on behalf of the AFL. Uh, Dear Santa, please get rid of the stand rule and give umpires more common sense. Um, I, I would almost change that, Michael. I, I don't mind the stand rule too much. Um, I, I like what it's intended to do in, in terms of opening the game up. I think it's achieved that goal. Give umpires more common sense. I think they've got plenty of that. They need more support and they need their job to be made easier, not harder. I think that's that's just how I'd tweak that ever so slightly. I think that they've got plenty of common sense, but their job is just made far too hard, far harder than it needs to be. Uh, But thank you for the text. Uh, This is from Big Brian from Bali. He says, Dear Santa, please make the two new assistant coaches strong enough to give Simo a brave new game plan. Also... Make SPS, uh, Sam Petrovsky seat, and I'm thinking that is the player he was meant to be. And make our midfield as consistent as the 2018 finals, West Coast Eagles. Good on you, Brian. I couldn't agree with those anymore. I think the person who can find out what the hell has gone on at West Coast since 2018, name your price. If you can put your finger on what on earth has gone wrong, they could suffer from a little bit of the Geelongs that the game plan just needs modifying or modernising. But there is something that's not quite right. They're just, they were last in tackles last year, West Coast. They refused to lay them. There is something going on that I'm not sure what it is. But if they can get to the bottom of that, they've still got a very, very talented list. Uh, Another one on West Coast. Dear Santa, West Coast, please do not let us be the example for failure after winning a premiership and perhaps make one of the best lists in the AFL less plastic and play with a slight bit of heart. That's from Aaron. Did not miss there at all. A-A-Ron, beautifully done. Uh, Dear Santa, please give the keys to the Hornet for the engine room at Arden Street. That's from Big Roo. Yeah, I mentioned him before. That's their only number one draft pick that North Melbourne have ever had. Um, they'd certainly like him to be a bit more hodge than a bit more hodgy than maybe a little bit more a couple of others. I don't want to be mean, so I don't want to name. But when you get a number one pick, you really want to make sure you land it. Um, but for everything that we've seen of Jason Horn Francis, he looks like 
he's going to be a, a star in the making. And I think there's good things coming for North Melbourne. It might not be next year, might not be the year after, but they are on the right trajectory. I think they're building a really, really strong culture, a really, really uh, solid list. And I, uh, I think there's good things ahead. Dear Santa, please let Zach Reed be as good as Archie and Nick. Thank you, Essendon. Um, yeah, the David King, I think, was saying on breakfast that he expects Reed to actually be the pick of all three uh, of those. So hopefully that um, gives you a little bit of confidence. Uh, dear Santa, please make sure Jez's hammy stays 100% and the Cats will take everyone to the cleaners. Uh, that's come through off the text as well. Thank you for that. Uh, my one for the cats was uh, please don't let the adage you can't teach old dogs new tricks apply to cats because they absolutely need a new game plan, one that's going to win them finals, um, one that might have them moving the ball just slightly faster than a glacial pace. Um, we can talk more about that tomorrow night. Hey, thanks so much for being uh, just being you. We'll speak to you tomorrow night.